0: feeling that. Shout out to our producer, Black Josh, with the beats. Kicking it. It's the 5 Tool Podcast. That's right, everyone. It's the 5 Tool Podcast. We're back. Kicking it with you on a Saturday night. Want to give a quick shout out to Ryan Horvath, who was on the show on Wednesday. He gave us a little shout out on the on his morning show on Thursday morning, so that was pretty cool. And we're gonna welcome. Oh wait, I gotta say my introductions. Black Josh, you good? I'm good. Kayla, Kyle, you good?
1: How can you doggy.
0: Oh, <laughs> Seamus, you good? <laughs> I'm all right. You're all right? Oh yeah. He'll tell us why he's just all right. But we're welcoming back in a special edition of the 5 Tool Podcast, and we'll get into that in a minute, but we're welcoming back Eric Agnew from the Miller Park Minute. Eric, you good? I'm good. All right, Eric, why don't you tell us a little bit about what Miller Park Minute's got going on at this time? Um, a nap, man. I'm getting a nap. You're getting so a nap. This week I took a little bit
2: of a break because I know it's going to get hectic in the... The coming weeks, uh, I've been doing a little bit of posts on the Facebook page. Go check that out, Miller Park Minute and the Milwaukee Brewers. Uh, other than that, I uh, got to get up. I got like five videos that I got to get up, and I just...
0: I've been busy, man. Yeah, mm-hmm. You're always putting out content, man. It's like a daily basis lately with you. I love it. I love it. We love to see that here. I so.
2: try to stay on top of it. You know, there's so much going on, and it's... This, this... year has been one that's been a little more challenging than the rest just because uh, there's a lot of stuff. You know, this yellow sign is oh, a big deal. You know, the comments that Antonazia made a couple weeks ago. We're going in eight different directions. Plus, we got the Astro stuff on top of it all. So how do you keep track of it?
0: Yeah, it has been like the busiest off season in baseball that I can remember in terms of storylines and, and and, you know, different things going on that are a lot of it outside of the game. I mean, there was the proposed expansion of the playoffs, like you mentioned Adanasio's comments, the Yellich deal, the Astros, the Red Sox, Red Sox stuff hasn't even come up yet, there was the Mookie Betts deal, and then there's, you know, just just so much different things in terms of storylines going on, and then on top of it all, we have the giant worldwide catastrophe that's going on, and I want to touch on this just real quick for a moment. This is something that affects all of us from here in Wisconsin All over the nation, all over the place, and I just want to get into it. And I know you guys are sick of me talking about it. Like this is, but this is a big deal, and I want to touch on it. It's an epidemic. So when you go to Culver's and you order your food, they give you your ice cream first, and then your food. So you're sitting there, trying not to eat your ice cream, but then it starts melting, and then you want to try it. You you want to eat it so it doesn't (laughs) melt while while you're waiting for your burger. Like this is crazy. Why do they do that? Why on earth? I'm going to start with you, Black Josh. Why do you think they give you the ice cream first? This is ridiculous. I want, I want my caramel cashew after I'm done. It's a dessert. You do not have dessert before your meal. What do you think?
3: I don't know why they do it, but I just I absolutely hate it. Literally just today I did that. I had to go get some food for my kid. I go, and the, the drive-thru was wrapped, so I went inside to get takeout. And I ordered a burger, some fries, and a thing of ice cream. And I'm sitting there. I order my food. I step to the back. Ten seconds later, she comes out and gives me my dish of ice cream, and then I stand there for ten minutes waiting for the rest of my food. Yeah, and you, and meanwhile, it's melted. What if you get a cone? They don't care. Yeah, they don't care. Even if they give you a cone and it's
0: running down your hand, you got the napkins around it. Then the napkins are sticking to the cone. Then you just got a big mess on your hands, and you have no choice but to eat it. And then you have to eat a burger afterwards. You want your sweets afterwards. What do you guys think about this? Anybody, chime in.
1: Um, I'll chime in. Why, why don't you order the ice cream after you eat? I even got Danielle. Danielle's fired up about That's this. That's what I like, do. Right. How do you do that if you're going through the drive-thru? Ooh. Oh, if you're in the drive-thru? Well, what, they hand you the ice cream first or what?
3: Always. Yeah, so if you go through the drive-thru and you order food
1: and ice cream, they give you your ice cream and then they park you. you
2: want it done.
1: Yeah, I mean the ice cream so at Culver's because I worked at Culver's in high school. The ice cream stuff is closer to the drive-through window than the kitchen is, so I'm sure that's like literally the only reason why they give you your ice cream first. But
4: well, how else does he want it done? Oh,
1: drive-through. Oh, you don't want to get Danielle fired up about this. Well, <laughs> they should hand it to you all at once, well, at least.
3: How long does he want it done? Uh, Well, I don't know. Hand us everything at once. Yeah, I want everything at once. I want my ice cream to be half melted before I get the rest of my food. Well, then he's going to get however they hand it out. It's unacceptable. So here's the thing. Here's the thing. All right. So you order
0: your food. And they make it to order. That's the beauty of Culver's. The second they see it on the screen, they start cooking your burger. Well, wait to make the ice cream until the meal is prepared, and then quick mix up the ice cream in your little concrete mixer blender machine, and then give it to you all at once. I think the reason they do it is because they want to appease their customers and make them think they're getting immediate service, and hand them the stuff, so they give you the ice cream first. Custard, I'm sorry. Making you think, oh, wow, Culver's has such fast service when it really takes 15 minutes for you to get your meal.
2: I've long thought that Culver's was not a fast food restaurant. Is it? It's really not.
4: It's really Because not. you you well, have to, like, sit
2: with your number at your table. It's Like, what is that? I don't
3: consider fast food necessarily.
2: But now McDonald's has those number things, too, on the, like, self-order
0: pad. It's true. Which I've never used a self-order pad. There's a person you know working. Yeah, Let the either. person work.
1: I've used it, um... <laughs> On my work mornings, and it screws up more oh. than a person does. You would think, yeah. I, I'd rather well, just talk to a person. it me. The cell phone app? No, no, no. The, they have a, a, like a screen. Are you coming to chime in on the Clover's Dispute or what? A lobby, and you just touch it in oh, oh, yeah, yeah, I've never guessed
4: it.
0: I know. Well, that's a quick way to get the coronavirus.
4: It really is. Oh, jeez.
0: <laughs> Here we go. No, we don't have to get into it. Oh, that was yeah, a good topic. We are talking about Culver's. Well, okay, yeah, we are. I I, I yeah, consider I, I consider anything through. with a drive-thru a fast food. Sorry, custard. I suppose. That's
3: a, that's There's a smoke shops that have drive-thrus. Is, well, is
0: that fast smokes? They're fast smokes, yeah. Fast smokes. God. I think if it's got a drive-thru, it's fast food. Yeah. Did There's a liquor,
3: liquor
2: store through.
0: here in Green Lake that's got through. a drive-thru
4: on it. There's a liquor
0: store with a drive-thru? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow, that's great. Oh, dr-
4: Drive-thru liquor stores are huge down in Texas. And, I see them all the and, time. in Illinois. Uh, Rapid Mart, <laughs> where
1: you can literally order anything inside the gas station from the drive through Can you
0: get bait and tackle, too, from the drive-thru?
1: Yes, you can get anything that they sell inside through the drive-thru window, except gas.
0: <laughs> they should get you gas, then, too. It doesn't really... Fill me up. <laughs> McDonald's hasn't been like the same since, since they stopped selling cocaine. Alright, moving on, moving on. Let's, <laughs> let's talk baseball. This is a good topic, though. I liked it. I liked it. It
2: was, uh, it was a good discussion.
0: <laughs> Alright. Um, so, of course, we have big news to talk about. We, we touched on it on the Wednesday show, but we kind of saved this t- discussion for tonight because we knew Eric Willie Magnus was coming on from the Miller Park Minute, and we want to we break this down with him because it's pretty much the biggest news in Brewers history since the initial trade for Christian Yelich and the Lorenzo Cain deal that happened on the same day back in early 2018. So the biggest contract in Milwaukee's Brewers baseball history happened earlier this week. Christian Yelich signed a seven-year, $188.5 million extension, and he also, which this hasn't been touched on a lot, he agreed to defer $28 million of his salary. So he agreed to defer $4 million a year every year of his contract so that it can add payroll relief to the Brewers. So it's such a team-friendly contract in that, number one, he could have easily gone for, for $350 million on 10 years. Oh, yeah. He's one of the best players in baseball. There's He would have
3: got it from somebody. There's
0: reports saying that Mookie Betts is going to get $200 million more than Christian Yelich. So Christian Yelich stayed because he wanted to be in Milwaukee. It's It's absolutely incredible that we have... One of the best players in baseball, and he wants to be here. So let's just get some early discussion points about this going. Eric, what do you think of the contract? What do you think of the Brewers' state as of right now regarding this Christian Yelich deal? I think you missed
2: one of the biggest points of this thing. Um, he also agreed to a full no-trade clause, and there's no, you know, I played for three years, and then I can opt out of this thing. Yeah. You know, he doesn't have any option to leave us. I mean, he truly committed to us at the end of the day, which, I mean, if, if you're a Wisconsin sports fan or Milwaukee Brewers fan, this is probably one of the best feelings. I know that there's another big MVP out there that uh, we're going to be hearing a, a contract status and whether he goes to play in Los Angeles or not. Um, you know, we're, we're going to hear that stuff. And this is a huge commitment from a major league player to, one, turn down the the opportunity to seek the biggest dollar value, I mean, that really says something. And I saw something on Twitter uh, that Ryan Braun had a lot to do with it. And I almost feel like maybe his relationship with Ryan Braun groomed him to be the next face of the franchise. Like maybe, you know, ownership, Antonazio, David Stearns, approached Braun and said, hey, maybe befriend this guy, see if we can talk him into, you know, being, being the next guy. You know, your tender is, tenure is done here. You've been great for us, Ryan, but let's uh, let's see if we can bring him in on his, the next big guy, you know, especially after he had that monster season and that second monster season with us already.
0: Yeah, and, and that's actually one of the big points I wanted to touch on is the Ryan Braun element of this. So this started more than a year ago. That Yelich came first to Ryan Braun, talking about okay, let's talk big, long-term deal. And so more than a year ago, Braun says him and Yelich began talking about the long-term commitment. And I quote: "This is a Christian Yelich quote. I bounced a lot of stuff off Brauny. He's someone I've gotten close to over the last two years. Our careers have followed similar trajectory, and it's it's kind of eerie how similar their trajectory really was. So the last." The last baseball player from California, really big baseball player from California to play at University of Miami was Ryan Braun, and now Christian Yelich was the next. And they, they both you know came to, came to Milwaukee, a small-town market, and signed long-term extensions. Now Braun's here's another quote. This one was Ryan Braun about Christian Yelich. He says, I really appreciate him having the trust and confidence in me to confide in me as he was dealing with this. And as he deals with things that are more important than this in real life, it means a lot to me. So, yeah, I, you alluded to it, uh, Eric. Ryan Braun was very integral in, in this contract negotiation, and Yelich seems to come to him with a lot of stuff, even outside of baseball dealings. They've, they've grown together. They were, it was one face of the franchise handing on the torch. And it's very selfless of Ryan Braun. To, to to take that role because he could have pulled an Aaron Rod or a Brett Favre the way he did Aaron Rodgers and said, I don't have to do anything with this guy like he's he's you know kind of taking my job and I mean look at it right now I mean Yelich is moving to left field he's essentially taking Ryan Braun's job Braun's getting pushed to the wayside to make way for Christian Yelich so this so Ryan Braun has been such a big part of this franchise already and now helping Yelich with this that makes him even now I want now I say fucking retire his number just for what he's dealt with Yelich because now he's given us. By helping us in terms of helping us for the next 10 years and after Ryan Braun's career ends. Um, so, so um, and Stearns and Adonasio also assured Jelic in the contract dealings that they will remain competitive throughout this entire contract. That means they, they basically promised him no tanking in the time that you're gonna be here in the next eight to nine years. So here here's what what the the total nine years it was around $250 million, which added on to the two years of contract that he still had left. So that's gonna give him $12.5 million in 2020, $14 million in 2021, and around $27 million annually until 2028. So he's gonna have a big jump come 2022. Um, so it's it's a hell of a team friendly deal. And it also, you know, Eric, we talked about this after Adanasio made those comments about, you know, where we were operating in the red last year and all these questions that fans have had about why aren't they spending? Why didn't they get Moustakas back? Why didn't they get Grandal back? Well, it, it all kind of points to this. The, for the last year, they've been trying to come up with a contract for Christian Yelich. So what do you think now, because I've heard your thoughts initially on Mark Adonacio's comments, what do you think now, now that we know what the whole kind of plan was? What, what, what do you think about Adonacio and the team moving forward in regards to this deal?
4: Um,
2: I like what he did here. I still don't like the, fact that the comment that he made and how he made it seem like... I, I honestly, now after watching all this transpire... I feel yes, they were saving money for Yelich in a way, so it was kind of a little bit of convoluted comment, trying to make, make like to smooth over the off season at that point in time because they couldn't say anything, and I feel that's deceitful. Just go out and say we're trying to save our money for Yelich, you know. Don't don't make a story. Maybe they did lose money in the fact that they, you know, they kissed all the depreciation. Uh, I said this in a comment the other day. They kiss the depreciation of building a new field. You know, I don't know if you guys know when a business does something like they buy something or build something. There's a tax benefit to kissing all the de- depreciation of a of a asset that you purchase or renovate or whatever in the first year. So if there was a tax benefit or some kind of benefit to him to do it that way, great. But don't don't paint a story or paint a picture that we lost a bunch of money last year. Just just come out and be honest. We're trying to make deals, you know, because they also extended Freddie. We're trying to make deals that ensure the future of our club. He could have said that, and a lot of people would have read into it and felt a little more faith in the team. Yeah, would
0: have known this was coming or thought this was coming. I don't really see it as necessary that he even made those comments to begin with. He could have just been hush hush. There's no reason for him to go out and and you know discuss any sort of loss. I'm at this point though, and I say this about Stearns all the time, and I'm going to say it about Enacio. We have no reason not to trust them. They keep showing us, giving us reasons to trust them. I just don't think. I think it was kind of offhanded the fact that he even went and said that we were operating at a loss. Right. Like it seemed like some sort of excuse. We're gonna go around the table a little bit. I'm gonna get on, I'm to get Seamus's thoughts on the deal. And what do you think? What do you think of the Brewers moving forward now that we have our franchise player?
4: Oh, I I think I think it was huge. I think you know, like I had said the other night, um, Wednesday night, I I I really like this in in so much as we can now shut up all of the the fairweathers you know we had we had touched on you know we we our fan base started to sound whiny you know why why isn't this happening why aren't we getting this guy why aren't we getting that guy and as i had said wednesday night it it all kind of points to well we didn't do all of that stuff because this was going on in the back burner um and when i read that mlb.com article about the signing and the details that just kind of confirmed what my thoughts were um you know, the other thing that I really like about this deal is that it is team friendly. It's it's got a decent AAV for, for Yelly, but with Brawny coming off of the books next year and and how the contracts and the monies are dispersed, especially with Yelly's deal having deferments on the back end, it still opens us up for you know, staying competitive, picking up free agents, making trades mid season. That kind of thing to really allow Atalazio and Stearns to back up what they told Yelich when they said, you know, we're going to be competitive throughout your time here. I think it's it's really really good all the way around, and you know it it's going to put to bed some of the naysayers. Now, in regard to the Atalazio saying that they that we were operating at a loss, I've actually been given this a little bit more thought, and probably a lot more thought than I've wanted to, but. When you spend 11 hours behind the wheel of a big truck, you have a hell of a lot of time to think. I, They could have had a budget forecast and said, this is what we want to make. And by not reaching that, that also enables them to make that statement because they can release that number. This is what we had forecasted we were going to make. And in fact, this is... What we made, and have that number be less, and that legitimizes in the business world, Atanasio being able to make that statement that we, op- we operated at a loss. So, at this point, though, I look at that statement as neither here nor there. I'm not going to put too much more time thinking about it. The, the bottom line is, we got the guy we wanted to get. We we got him in here in the trade. We've now locked him up for a good chunk of his career. And there's still room to make additions when needed, so all is right in Brewerland.
0: Hell yeah! Hell yeah! Good, good, good points, man. Very nicely done, Kyla uh, Kyle. I want to get your initial thoughts on the Christian Yelich signing. Um, it,
4: hey,
1: it it's all good. It's all good. I don't really, I don't have, I I don't think there's anything like seriously in depth to say except, fuck yeah, all right. I mean, everything, uh, the world is complete. Um, We can all die happy now. You know, like, he's got, I mean, I didn't expect them to pull off a a nine-year deal. I thought maybe he'd have another four- to five-year extension if they did get him, but this is a, a massive deal. Pretty much, I, I mean, the golden years of his career are secure. Uh, what what more can you say? I mean, now let's build a team around him. You know, let's not, I, I'm sorry, let's not build a team. Let's keep building a team around him. Um, when we said this on previous shows, like next year, you know, depending on where they end in the 2020 season, Get the pieces that you need to to complete the team, and and we'll be all right.
0: Yeah, and Kyle, you you alluded to this. You you just then like, you just kind of said it too. Like we're playing with house money now. Twenty twenty, no matter how it turns out, it no matter how twenty twenty turns out, like we have the foundation now. Now we can can kind of ride this one out. It, it, but the division's only getting better. You do want to win. But now, now our window has been expanded. It was it was much smaller before this deal took place cuz it seemed like a foregone conclusion that we were going to lose him. But it didn't it didn't happen. He worked out a team friendly deal with the with the team and, and now we got him. Black Josh,
3: your initial thoughts on the Christian yelling signing? Fucking love it. It's about damn time. It's about damn time. I got I got to agree with Kyle. I, there's really not much else to say other than fuck yeah. Love it. Yeah. Definitely
0: love the deal. So since joining the Brewers, he's batted... And this is the two years he's played with us. He's batted 328. He's won two batting titles. He's hit 80 home runs, 207 RBIs, 52 stolen bases. He won an MVP. Should have won two MVPs. Now he's moving to left field. Probably going to win a gold glove again in his career. He's, his OPS is as high as any... is top three in all of baseball these last two years. And so in terms of other contracts... So Mike Trout, he landed a, the three hundred sixty million dollar ten year deal, which got me to thinking. We we're paying two hundred fifteen. How much would have been too much if we would have gone for a three hundred million dollar deal? Would that have been too much? What what's the highest you would have gone on Yelich? And I'm going to start this with you, Eric. What would have been the highest possible amount you would have been okay with spending on Christian Yelich? Because two hundred fifteen is well under what I wanted. What I would have said.
2: Honestly, we're. You know, does his does his value have a ceiling? I mean, you know, right now, looking at the first two years that we've seen him, you know, because, obviously, Ryan Braun was our prior big contract and our big example, and then we have Lawrence O'Kane the next closest contract. I believe that was, I don't know if you saw that ranking in the top five or top Yeah, I did. We're going to
0: talk about that, too, so just remember. Oh, okay, that. <laughs> that's,
2: that's coming up. Great. Uh, so, anyways... Uh, is four too much? I don't know. You know, what is the value of this caliper of player? You know, right now we're, we're going into an off season where, you know, you last two years, he's been ranked one of the top players in baseball and he's comparing to Mike Trout. I mean, we're in the national league, so it's a little bit different story for longevity of his career. You know, if, if we had a DH in the, uh, National League Brian Braun could probably stretch out a couple more years with us. You know what I
0: mean? Yeah, and maybe uh, that maybe that maybe that went into play with this because it almost seems also like a foregone conclusion that the National League will re- will get the DH in these nine years. It's, it's going to happen. It's it seems like it's almost definitely going to happen, and possibly as early as 2022 from the reports that I've been reading. So. Maybe that goes into this too. Maybe if he does suffer some sort of injury that keeps him from running around in the outfield the way he has the past couple of years, maybe that's that went into this. The fact that there there will possibly be a DH in the National League and can hold on to him a little longer. Um, what about what about you, Kyle? What what would have been too much? What would have been the the number that you would have said no? That's that's too much for anybody. Uh, you know
1: I've been thinking about I like that's that's really a tough question um to answer because we're not you know without talking years to go with the money it's kind of hard to say um and with baseball there's no cap so you know you can pay players anybody my i had no ball told me this saying um when it comes to sports, and it's as true as it gets, he says, um, any player in any sport is worth how much an owner is willing to pay him. So, like, if you look at the Christian Yelich, the $215 million contract, obviously Mark Antanasio thinks Christian Yelich is worth $215 million same with um, who was one of the big, uh, you know, Garrett Cole, his massive contract. The Yankees thought he was worth that much money. A player is worth how much uh, an owner is willing to pay, and I don't have that kind of checkbook, so who am I to say, you know, how much uh, I'd be willing to pay or not pay a player? It's really tricky in baseball because unlike the NBA and NFL, the other two big sports I follow, that there's no no cap, there's no um, structure as far as annual salaries. So it's, it's, I don't know. I don't even know how to answer that, you know?
0: Yeah, it is sort of a tough question. I was just kind of going on the guise of, like, other contracts. So, like, for me personally, you don't want to bankrupt the franchise because, yes, I, I, I have a... A very unpopular opinion that any team can afford to compete. Um, so, me personally, I think I think about three hundred fifty million over ten years would have been about to the point where I think it would have been bankrupting the franchise. But because Yelich wants to be here, he was able to take a hit, and, and especially with that twenty-eight million dollar deferment. Uh, let's go over to you, Seamus. I kind of I want I want to get your thoughts on this one quick as well. What What do you What would have been the max you would have been willing to spend? on a on a long term Christian Yelich deal, say nine ten years. Seamus? I think we lost Seamus.
3: That's okay. Black Josh, your thoughts? Um as far as a Max, I mean, yeah, you don't wanna go crazy, but I mean name name someone who's been better in the last two years of playing than Christian Yellich. I can't i you honestly can't. I honestly can't <laughs> so, i mean is there really is there really an amount where you is too much for him? The only one I could say is maybe Jacob degrom, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I guess yeah, but I mean that's two different it's positions, two different positions right you know but I mean still yeah, so as far as I'm concerned, I don't know if there is a max but i but I think he easily could have got well over three hundred million yeah. So I easily, mean, it's without just, even trying.
0: It's just clear, and he said it in his in his statements on yesterday during the press conference, like the way he feels about Milwaukee. I think we lost uh, Eric. We're losing everybody. We lost everybody. Well, you want to try to get him, and I'll keep talking. Yeah. So yeah, we. The, he wants to be here, and he and he's alluded to that in in his press conference. So there's a quote on leaving money on the table that you, Christian Yelich had that I think is really is really cool to hear from him. This is this is what he said about leaving money on the table in this deal. He said, People are going to ask the what-ifs. And did you leave money on the table? You know, I play the game to win. And to be part of a place that I feel comfortable. I take pride in, re- in representing, and for me, this was that place. It's such a special place to play. I couldn't be happier. He also said he's never had aspirations to play elsewhere. He also made a he had a quote about how in his two years in Milwaukee, it feels like he spent basically his whole career here. He said he he feels like this is this is his home. I mean, the Miami years were good to him, but it wasn't it wasn't a team that was willing to to build. Otherwise, they would have never got rid of Christian Yelich. They would have never got rid of Marcelo Zuna, You know, Stanton. It was it was a team that didn't have what he was looking for, and it, it it's so awesome that we have. This guy, it's so awesome that we have Yannis Antetokounmpo. It's so great that we have Aaron Rodgers, and now we have, for me as a Brewers fan, we've n- we've had, we've never really had that guy. I mean Ryan Braun, yeah, we thought it was great, and then he turned, a, he turned our attention away from that. We have Aaron Rodgers, but I mean his best years are being wasted. The best years of Christian Yelich are still ahead of us, and. I, I truly believe that, but let's talk about that about the Christian Yelich's best year. So, like I said, in the last two years, he's batted .328, eighty home runs, basically two MVPs. He's had the Silver Slugger award twice. Can he maintain this pace? And I want to start with you, Eric. Can Eric, you there? Yes, I'm still here. What can you is guys it?
2: dropped the call? We got lost. Yeah, for
0: everyone's back. We know. I was trying to. By time here. So, but um, Eric, do you think Christian Yelich can possibly keep up this pace? or Are his best days still ahead of him?
2: That is a very great question. You know, I have thought long and hard about Christian Yelich, and he's kind of everything you want out of a superstar. You know, Ryan Braun had some great superstar years, and everyone was really hyped. But I think he's Braun 2.0 without the steroids. Really? Without the juice. I think he'll get better,
0: and I think we have a lot of great years to watch Christian Yelich play baseball for the Milwaukee Brewers. Okay. Good answer, good answer. Seamus, your thoughts? Can Yelich maintain this pace? Have we seen the best of Christian Yelich, or are his best days still to come?
4: Oh, I I agree with Eric. I think he's just, he's going to improve. He's going to, he's going to get, I mean, a I think a big test of it is going to be how he does this year because of the injury last year, but I, I think you know he's, he's in his prime years, so there's no reason why the next two or three can't be just as good, if not potentially better, than what, what he's shown so far.
0: That makes me so giddy. Just to think that there could be better years than the last two. Like like he's probably going to hit 50 home runs in a season at some point. He's probably going to hit Oh, I
4: think so. He could have done it last year. Had he
0: was very not been injured. Yeah, I mean he had six more in him. He could have I mean there's there's a day that we may see him hit 120 RBIs. Like this is not Brewers baseball we're talking about. Like this is something we've never seen as Brewers fans. And it, I've been waiting my whole life for this. I went most of my years without seeing the Brewers make the postseason. You know, like, as a fan, I've been seeing nothing but, you know, endless mediocrity, and I still want to go to the games. Now it's, like, bigger than ever. We're seeing the talent that, you know, we're used to seeing the Dodgers, the Yankees, the the Cardinals, like, all these other teams, we're, we're used to seeing them do this stuff. We have that guy now, and it's so exciting. It's the same with the Bucks right now, like, it's happening here. We can take pride in it. It's not like we always have to argue why we're relevant. We get to argue why we're one of the best, and like we're at this, this amazing point in, in our time as Wisconsin sports fans. Kyle, do you think, I'm going to send the question over to you now, do you think that Christian Yelich's best days are behind him
1: or still ahead? Oh, no, they're not, they're not behind him at all. Um, he's just getting warmed up. I think, I, I think we'll be seeing, um, at least three more years of really elite baseball play from Mr. Yelich. I, I don't, I don't think he's going to, and I don't think the money and the contract is going to change his game whatsoever. We, we have seen that, um, with certain players once they get big the contracts, they kinda you know, almost it's like they have this attitude like, Okay, I got my money, now I can just chill. Um, I don't see Christianity the dude is so smooth. He's such a smooth criminal. Like he's just got this chill aura around him, it seems, everywhere he goes and um, to me that's very level and balanced. And I think that kind of level, balanced play will continue at a high level for at least a couple more years.
0: Yeah, level is a really good way to describe Christian Yelich. He's all baseball, he doesn't have any of that other stuff along with it. Like, he's always trying to improve his game, he's always working on it. It seems to be like that's all he cares about. This guy doesn't, I picture him as a guy who goes home and plays MLB the show. When he gets home and then gets up the next day, hits the cages early, and is constantly trying to improve his game and it and it 's exciting and he's he said he wants to be the face of baseball he's laser fucking focused on this on being that guy he wants to be that guy for the brewers, and he wants to be that guy for the sport and it's amazing and it's invigorating black Josh, your thoughts are we still are we still going to see his better years ahead I think
3: so I think yeah. he's got much more to show us yet I'd- yeah, I, I don't think his best years are behind him. I think he's going to be on, on pace with everything he's done the last two years and still have a better season come yet.
0: Yeah, I think he's got at least one more MVP award ahead of him. I think he's got plenty of silver sluggers ahead of him. Like I said, I still think he's yeah. going to win another gold glove.
3: I definitely see him hitting 50, 50 dingers sometime very soon. It's Yeah. And well over 100 RBIs. Let's just pray. I'm calling it now new home run
2: king. Whoa. With juice baseballs. Yes. <laughs> Christian
0: yellow of the Milwaukee Brewers. Bring that record to Milwaukee. That would be so sexy. What is
3: the record right now?
0: The record of home runs in a season? Yeah. 73 Barry Bonds. Holy balls. And that's yeah. if you count it. Otherwise, it's Mark McGuire 70 if you count that.
2: Right. Whew. Then you go back to Roger Maris if you, if you really want to go back.
0: 61,
3: yeah. And then how many does Fielder have for the Brewers? 54? 54. Was oh, it fifty? Was it fifty even? Um, actually, no. It was like fifty-two. I got the stats in front of me. Hold on, keep buying time. Yeah, I think I well, think the for other sure thing, Yelich is going to beat that. I think for sure. I, oh, I, will I agree. The other sure. thing,
4: the other thing that I want to say on this one, gentlemen, is Yellich signing his extension to be here for the remainder of his career in this day and age. Look at the company that he is in, in the conversation. He's he's in the company of Trout. Betts, Bellinger, you know, he's he's that caliber of a guy. And in this day and age, even more so than back in the 80s when I was a kid watching the Brewers and the rarity of Robin Yount spending his entire career here, now that we're in the free agent world, this is a big boost for the Brewers as far as being able to attract Higher caliber talent yes. to want to come here.
0: Amen. Yeah, amen to that. So Prince Fielder in 07 hit 50. That was the, that's the Brewers' record. He
3: also hit 46 so in '09. It, it was 50 even. 50 even. Oh yeah, Yelich is going to beat that, no doubt. I think so too. And I'd be really surprised if he did not Especially with juice balls, like Eric
0: said. I mean, yeah. if, they, if they keep the juice balls, which well, I'm sure they will. I'm sure they will. It's you can't tell me that homers aren't good for baseball. They are good for baseball, good for baseball. And, <laughs> and you should keep them in the postseason too, and not take them away like they did last year for whatever reason that was. They must have brought <laughs> out an old box for the postseason or something. I'm not sure about that. <laughs> so one more thing. You thi- know, it's funny to think. Okay, go on.
2: Did you guys go to on deck in uh, when we signed Yelich? Exactly came. No. no okay so i was and i happened to stumble the line we were in the photo area me and my wife and i stumbled into the line for Christian yelich new guy wasn't this all-star a huge player everybody was kind of upset and angry but they're excited to meet him you know that's how on that goes but we were like one of the first couple in line and his personality now i'm sure it's cha- it's changed quite a bit but he was just like shy. I think he even had fricking braces, if I remember correctly. And he like barely said anything. And like that moment stands in infamy now for years because we met the franchise player before he became the franchise. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah. And like that's I, how cool this is. It's like we knew he was good with the with Miami. He was very good, but nobody knew the trajectory he was truly on. Like I knew he was a great player, and I was really happy with this with the trade. But I was like, oh, four four players for him? That's trading our farm away." I don't know, but it's like Jesus Christ! I would have given six players for him. Now give him Corey Ray. I don't care.
2: It's like it's like uh, David David Stearns and Antonazio know what they're doing.
0: Yeah, they like do. They
2: saw something.
0: They did. Like
2: they saw the future.
0: Yeah, and man, in Stearns we trust more than ever. And I want to bring that up. Stearns in the in the in the uh the press conference they had, he said it's very rare that a player and a team's identities become so intertwined in such a short period of time in regards to the two oh, years. Yeah. And this is and that's what happened with Christian, the Brewers in the state of Wisconsin and Milwaukee. He's perfect for us. He is, and he's perfect for baseball. And David Stern said it best, man. That's that just hits home and it it's it's so good to see. It's no. like
2: a well-painted love story. It is. Hollywood can't script a movie better than this. Yeah.
0: I mean, we're so blessed. We're so blessed as Wisconsin sports fans right now. All the years of mediocrity have finally paid off. Who cares about the Packers? It's time for Milwaukee, man. Now, Rogers like, who? What's that? Rogers who? Yeah, right. Rogers who? um <laughs> I want to get into to the, the contracts that you mentioned before, the biggest contracts in Brewers history, and I want to do a little hit or miss game with everybody on that, whether oh, or not these contracts were hits or miss. We all agree the Elch one's a hit, so we'll just go with that on number one. The second most biggest contract the Brewers have ever had was bronze, five years, $105 million in 2011. Now, the years are important here. In 2011, he signed five years for 105000000 million. I'll start with you, Eric. Hit or miss on that contract?
2: I'm going to give it a hit, and it's going to go back to what we said before about the fact that he helped Usher Christian Yelich in. So he, he brought another face in the franchise to replace him.
3: And yeah. that's where Ryan Braun saves his
2: legacy. He tainted himself with the steroids, but he's a team guy in the end, and he helped bring in the next guy. So I'll give him a lot of rec- credit and a lot of respect for that.
0: That's a good point. He is a team guy and he's he's definitely proven himself after the whole nonsense of the lying and the HGH. Seamus, your thoughts. Hit or miss on the Ryan Braun five year hundred five million dollar contract that was signed in two thousand
4: eleven. Um I, I I kinda got a side with with Eric on this one. I mean, up until I mean up until the last couple of years, how he how they've how they've taken care of him and how they've limited him and then he's been able to produce late in the season or going into the postseason the last few years, um, plus the the grooming of Yelich. Prior to that, I would have said it was a miss. Yeah,
0: it's, kind of, um, it's a tough
4: I, one. I, yeah, I would have said, you know, he's he's battled, he, he's, he fucked us over with the steroid thing. He's not worth giving him. That money, and I, I was, I w- wasn't happy with it initially. I was like, okay, you could have went elsewhere, but like I said, now looking at things where they stand, I, I'm going to look at it as success.
0: Okay, it's tough because I mean he missed the whole, essentially a whole season in 2015. Can, can I say,
2: did anybody else want him to be a Dodger for like? a good year or two just you know like all right send him to the Dodgers.
0: We were saying that yes. we were saying that last season on this show. <laughs> <laughs> like we were saying it all through the year just give him to the Dodgers. We all know he wants to be there.
4: <laughs> yeah, as much as I hate Yazio Puig. Oh. I really wanted that Puig deal to go through.
0: I want Puig now. <laughs> Amen. I want Puig now. <laughs> Killer Kyle, your thoughts. Ryan Braun hit or miss. On the 105
1: you're really asking me about Ryan Braun? Uh oh. Uh oh. <laughs> Do it. Who cares? Do it. Um, that's 105 million crackheads, if you ask me, <laughs> for Mister Mister Adderall over here. No, I'll, I don't know. Like, I don't. I I was a Braun fan in the late 2000s. There. 21, the MVP. It was cool. Actually, no, I lied. I've never really liked Ryan Braun. <laughs> I don't like his. I don't like his attitude. Um, I don't like the way he talks to reporters. I don't like his like just straight arrogance, and he like sounds scripted every time he talks. He's clutch. Well, he has been here, or there. Last year, he was. Last year, he last year was surprisingly good. I actually think was his best year in the last seven or eight years. Agreed. Um, I don't know if he upgraded his dealer or what, but you know, maybe he has another kid, right? Yeah. I can't talk serious about Ryan. All
0: right, that's fair. That's I, fair. I just can't. Just I'm say, not, hit or miss.: I'm not ready yet. I'm hit, not there. Just hit or miss. Have an opinion. Um, <laughs> just say mess, it's fine. <laughs>
1: I'm neutral. I don't think it's neither a hit or n- nor a miss. All right. He's Switzerland.
0: He's Switzerland. He's neutral. Yeah,
1: he's just a guy that's sticking around. Like, he's just a guy. He really wants that he's, number eight retired. He's that fucking guy that never leaves. Like, so when you have that roommate, you know, you kick out, like, let's say, like, you're living with a guy and you're splitting the place. And you have that guy, that third guy move in and he sleeps on the couch. I know the situation well because I was that guy. <laughs> <laughs> um, and they never leave, you know, like it's like, okay, are you going to find your own place? That episode gonna... of friends. Sure. I don't know what you're talking about, but yeah, he's, it's like you don't want to, you don't want to be rude. <laughs> you don't want to be like, you got to, You know, you got to go. So you just let him stick around for a couple more months. Yeah. You know, eventually, after uh, X amount of time has passed, they'll just leave. You move out while he's sleeping.
0: (laughs) We don't want the Brewers to move out.
1: I think that's what's going to happen with Ryan Braun. He's just going to leave whenever he wants to leave, and the Brewers will be like, all right. All those, all, right. all those fans
0: are gonna celebrate him on the on his day that he retires. They're all gonna be standing ovation for him. He's gonna get love, and everyone else is gonna laugh at us. Black I say we throw
1: a party at the Milwaukee Alan Club the day he <laughs> retires, and then we can welcome him to the next chapter of his life, recovery. Recovery, yes.
0: I love it. All right. Yeah. Black Josh, your thoughts. Hundred five million dollars, five year deal that he got in two thousand eleven, hit or miss?
3: I think it's a hit. Yeah? Yeah. I'll be, the, I'll be the odd man out. I don't give a shit. Looking at his stats from 2011, you can't really complain too much. MVP, right? uh, uh, it, it was an MVP year, right? Or was that 12? It might have been 12. It was the year he robbed Cabrera. It might have been 2012. Maybe. I don't know. All right. All right. But, well, yeah, it very well could have been because his batting average was 319 and two twelve. Yeah. So, but even still, so since 2011, he's only had, really, we'll say... Three years under a three hundred batting average. Uh, two thousand thirteen, it was two ninety eight. That's close enough for me. I don't give a yeah, fuck. yeah. That's three hundred. So all right. I mean, I don't know how you can say it's a miss. Yeah, it's a it's a hit. Other than other than the one year where he didn't play so much. Yeah, well, that's because <laughs> <laughs> we won't talk about that. Yeah. All right. So the next the next one on the list is the Kane.
0: Five years, eighty million dollars. We've seen two years of it. I think he's going to be better this year. He's not battling the thumb injury, the, the ankle injury that he's had. So let's just move on from that one. But Matt Garza is next on the list. Four years, $52 million that he signed in 2014. Hit or miss, Eric? Are
2: we talking about at the time that it was signed? or well, we How we feel about,
0: about it now in retrospect? In retrospect
2: oh, that okay. was a miss. I didn't like it miss. when it was signed. I, did, I, I, I didn't either because... We seemed at that time, and they'll go to the other contracts that are also in this list. I, th- I believe that we seemed to be picking up guys, and Melvin was was good at picking up guys that were just like at the end of their time. Yeah. You know, he picked up guys off the Cubs, the Cardinals, and you know, after everybody else had their shot,
0: we got sloppy seconds of a lot of bad starting pitchers along the way. Very much so. Yeah, I'd call that a miss, too. Uh, Seamus, your thoughts? Oh, you already said a miss. miss. Kyle, your thoughts yeah. on the four-year Matt Garza deal?
1: Oh, a straight miss. Oh, yeah. garbage.
0: He Gosh. couldn't make anybody a... miss. Huh? He couldn't make anybody miss. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean... He
1: did give out those really nice robes, though, in spring training.
0: That's that one. true.
1: <laughs> yeah, he was such a clown, and the guys seemed to love him in the clubhouse. Like, he was a complete clown. Like, he clowned his whole time in Milwaukee. Like, literally on the mound, in the clubhouse, whatever, in Arizona. He's just a clown. He looks He's like a straight the, clown. He's the Count from Sesame Street. <laughs> he's worse than
0: him. One. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Black Josh, your thoughts, Matt Garza. Definite miss. Definite miss. Definite miss. All right, and then the next one on the list is Ryan Braun, his eight-year from 2008. We won't talk about that. We're done talking about Braun for this show. Then there's Jeff Supan, four years, $42 million that he signed in 2006. Eric, your thoughts? Again, that goes to the same as I said about Matt Garza. Yeah,
2: same thing. Watched pitcher from another team, had success,
4: was sloppy seconds by the time we got him.
0: For sure. Seamus, your thoughts, Supan?
4: I, I actually, you know, I'm going to be the odd man out on this one. I liked that deal. He was in innings even though he didn't, his one his win-loss record wasn't good for us, but he ate innings. He stayed true to his, his history, and when we needed a pitcher to go out there and give us innings, he was the guy that did it. Yeah. He, he, he gave us over 200 innings every year he was here. That I and know. that was that was what he was advertised as. he was an innings eater. he wasn't flashy. we knew he was past his prime, but they brought in somebody to eat innings, and that's exactly what he did i I will stand by that one the The money kills me to think about now, but for what he did, based on what he was, he came as advertised,
0: yeah. What's striking to me about going through this list is the the money. Like, four years for $42 million for Supan. That would have been, like, I'd be good with that deal now for what he gave us. But now, like, that contract exponentially, it would have grown. That would have been, like, an $80 million contract by today's terms and the way the contracts are going in today's baseball. So, I mean, looking back, $10 million a year doesn't look like shit for Jeff Supan, honestly, to me. Um, All right, I'm done with that list. I want to talk.
1: Wait, wait, wait. Wait, oh, you forgot one very important thing. Yeah. I didn't think I'd ever be able to say this on this podcast, but uh, when you brought up Jeff Supon, all I thought about was Ken Maka. I can't believe anybody else hasn't thought of this. What was Ken Maka's catchphrase as Brewer's Manager?
0: I don't know. I don't know.
1: Eric, do you, do you know what I'm talking about?
2: I yeah. get blanking right now.
1: Okay, so Ken Maka, every time he would do a presser, and Jeff Supon pitched, and they asked him about it, he all he would say is, soup pitch great. <laughs> soup pitch great. It was hilarious.
0: <laughs> soup pitch great. He
1: became famous in Milwaukee for soup pitch great. Because Ken Maka was just such a, such a, dad beat, like, he was already one foot in the grave when he came to the Brewers. Carry on. You guys That's
0: fair. That's fair. All right, I want to just talk a little bit about how the spring training is going for the Brewers so far, and I just want to touch on a couple players. Orlando Arcea hit his fourth home run today. He's leading the team in almost every offensive category in spring. I realize it's only spring, and it's a little early to tell, but so far in 21 at bats, he's got six hits, he's scored five runs. He's got a double, four home runs, nine RBIs, and only, this is the one, two strikeouts. 286 average. Holy shit. 905 slugging, an 1190 OPS. It won't last. You don't think so? (laughs) He's
2: proven he can't be consistent. Okay, he was good in the... A postseason run, but how was he the rest of that season? He was garbage. He's hot garbage. Let's get rid of him and move on.
0: He's never he had the have you know him this year. He's never had that that guy who's been looming on him like the way Aria says, like where he's got to, it, It's not. It's make or break. Maybe that's changed him. Maybe the new assistant hitting coach has changed him. Maybe he's maybe he's finally disciplined.
2: If he wasn't the guy when he was supposed to be the guy, and they had to go out and find the guy, they should have just canned his ass back then.
0: He's 25.
3: I don't care. I don't like him. <laughs> that's fair. That's fair. Black Josh, your thoughts? Arcea. Hey, man, you know how I feel. I love it. All right. I've been trying to get you to talk about him more <laughs> for weeks. <laughs> well, too bad because I want to move on to some
0: other players. I think is Oh, what a shot. <laughs> I, I, we, <laughs> we only have six minutes left, so I want to get on, on a couple other players. So there's a rough day for the crew. They lost 11-2 to the Rangers. There's a lot of ugly stuff that happened today, in particular uh, – Brett Anderson, two and two-thirds innings pitched. He gave up four hits, three earned runs in the first. They were spraying the ball all over the field early on. It was ugly. Brent Suter, only two innings pitched, gave up six hits, five earned runs, two walks, and he back gave up back-to-back dingers. Uh, should we be concerned about Brent Suter, going? Are we saying he's the new Chase Anderson? I hope not. What, what do we think about Brent Suter? This is getting ugly.
4: Um, they made some comments. Spring don't matter
0: today's broadcast exactly
2: that I don't think that anything that's why I don't think that RC's play is very impressive because you know you got other guys that are hitting nothing you know you got guys that are coming out of the plate hitting nothing you got pitchers that are just getting shelled it's there's time to work through these things these aren't real games they don't matter they don't have any kind of standard for anything and really stand for anything it's just something cool to watch the baseball's back Major League Baseball has marketed this as the start of baseball, so they can pump the pump and make more money. You know.
0: Well, I personally love spring baseball. I,
2: I do too. I don't. I don't hate it. I'm just saying that they're they're priming this up as something great. Right. Well, really, it's practice games. It's like going up to Lambeau Field and watching them ride the bikes. You know, that's <laughs> what this yeah. is. Yeah. No, you're this right. You're a right. Really you're nice right. way to do it because it's winter and it's cold.
0: And it makes us all feel like it's summertime already. You know, it's it's a beautiful right, time of exactly.
2: year. Exactly, you feeling good. It gets <coughs> nostalgic. Well, either way, I, I love watching it, but it's it's wow. sad because you see, you know, the guy. My favorite part of spring training baseball is when the guy comes out and he's got no name printed on his jersey, and he's he's in the end of the game, and you're like, yeah, but this guy feels good about himself right now. They don't even put his name on his jersey. He's number ninety five or ninety two. Yeah.
0: And then you hear, and then you hear Bob Eucher and Jeff Levering scramble to find out who the guy is, even.
2: <laughs> right, they're like on Google. You hear their keyboard clicking. They're like, uh, Which okay, I'm going to bring this up. This is just a total side note. I'm sorry, I'm going over time here, and I'm going to kill this. But Bob Eucher and Levering are on point on the radio. Oh, I don't know if you saw what I posted on Facebook. But Bob Uecker was talking yesterday about how he wanted to pose nude. Oh, yeah. Um, so he could get more money out of Mark Antonazio. Yeah. And then later, Wilmer Flores uh, was leaving the game. And they said, and there's Wilmer Flores is exiting uh, after a short, short action today. And there's not a dry eye in the house. And I was like, oh, my God. That's the best dig I've heard in, I don't know, this is just great radio. It yeah. was great to listen
0: to. Yeah, they are they are on point. I listened to the broadcast today, and it's just like even in a game where you're getting your ass kicked, eleven to two, and there's a lot of changes going on. They still make it. They paint such a picture. And if if it's boring, Euchre tells stories. They have such good banter. They it's it's a great radio listen these days with Euchre and Levering. I love those guys. They're incredible. A um, couple more players. Just want to real quickly point out them. I don't need comments or anything, but just for real or not, Keon Broxton, twenty two at bats. Only two hits. He's got a .091 average. He's got 11 strikeouts. Is there any hope for Broxton? No, 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 nope. no. He's done. He's terrible. He's we-
4: not. He's not making the trip. He's not. He's not making the team. I don't even want him on a minor league
0: team. Yeah, whatever we're paying him is too much. Uh, Logan Morrison is abs- Morrison is absolutely killing it. 21 at bats, uh, six RBIs, two six hits, two home runs. He's batting two eighty six. Jace Peterson, another highlight, 19 at-bats, 368 average, 7 hits. Corey Ray is just garbage. Is it time to give up the Corey Ray experience? Uh, 17 at-bats, 6 strikeouts. Yes,
2: please.
0: Yeah, we're done. Done. Done with Corey Ray. And one more I want to touch on. Corbin Burns, in his 6 innings, he's had 7 strikeouts. He's given up 0 runs, um, a 143 opponent average. He's only given up 3 hits in 6 innings pitched. Is Corbin Burns back? I hope so. Please do. Yes. I Please hope so. Back. Ninety-four mile per hour slider. I hope so. That's God insane. Damn.
3: That's what spring training is. It's for pitchers to be out there testing pitches, working on their
0: shit. Yeah, for sure, for sure. And uh, yeah, I love spring ball, but yeah, I kind of agree. Doesn't mean a whole lot. I'd love to see RC turn out. I'd love to see uh, Corbin Burns turn out. Yeah, I'm done with Keon Broxton. Jace Peterson, yeah, he's still got another year before he can even make the big league roster, I think. But with that, we've run out of time. We're It always seems to go so quick with you, Eric. You're just such a good guest to have on. We love having you. We love to have you every month like we talk, but if you want to be on more, we'd be more than happy to have you. Um, and with that, 5 Tool Podcast. Thanks for listening. Like, subscribe, review, blah, 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 blah. Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. Eric, give your stuff.
2: Miller Park Minute, uh, Twitter, Twitter. Instagram, Facebook, whatever you got. Go subscribe, like, share. Uh, and, uh, of course, follow the 5-2 podcast, and I will be back.
0: Yeah, Eric is one of the best follows on Facebook if you're, if you're looking at Brewer stuff. He is on top of stuff. I depend on him for a lot of the stuff that I share on the 5 Tool page and my personal page. Eric, you're absolutely killing it. Everyone check out the Miller Park Minute. We are the 5 Tool Podcast. Brewers play tomorrow. We are out. And don't forget, don't widen the plate and soup pitch great.